fun must be always stay in San Jose. It sounds like the Sharks are on the verge of making a deal with Tomas Hurdle. Let's talk about it right now. This is Teal Town Live. Good afternoon. It is 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. The San Jose Sharks have been reported by multiple sources on the verge of re-signing Tomas Hurdle. And we welcome you to Teal Town Live. This is where we uh, react to breaking news here. Of course, smash that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, if you want to listen to us, along with SoundCloud, Reddit, and Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And with that, good afternoon to you. I am Eric Kerr, alongside Ian Reed and Eric Landy. Ian, how's it going today? It's going. I'm here. You're here. Eric yeah. Eric Landy, um, you're smiling. Are, are you... Um, Thrilled about this one? Uh, you know, since well, we'll get into it, but um, yeah, I think today is a, uh, I think it's a reaffirming uh, stance that the um, that the organization took and it's uh, a continued commitment, um, you know, to try to uh, you know compete. So it's it's always good to see your team reinvest in itself. Uh, so those who are on the verge of knowing everything, uh, it's been reported by uh, multiple sources, including Pierre Lebrun uh, of TSN and The Athletic, Chris Johnston of TSN and the Steve Dangle podcast, along with uh, David Pagnotta from the fourth period, that they are on the verge of re-signing Tomas Hurdle. It is reported eight years, eight million AAV. Um, Ian, a little pricey, a little too much. Uh, what, what says you? No, I honestly, like as far as cost goes, I'm fine with it. I didn't, I think we, we've talked about this a bunch, obviously leading up to the trade deadline about, about Tomas Hurdle and what, you know, he's probably looking for in a contract. And I've been pretty consistent in my talks. Like that's, it's where the conversation starts. Like he's not taking less than Couture and nor should he. Landy, I mean, I have to wholeheartedly agree here with Ian. I mean, besides Logan Couture, the most important forward to your core, um, and and he is uh, now the part of the trend setting insofar as the deals are concerned, um, and and you know he's he's in the leadership. Uh, organization, you know, upper echelon, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he's the, he's one of the pack leaders. And like Ian had said, I think it started at the Logan number. And, and I think that that's kind of what they honed in on pretty, pretty early. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of similar to what we've seen with Sharks contracts lately, uh, with the exception of Eric Carlson having a little bit more money to it. But um uh, you know, there was a time in the past where five-year deals were the max, uh, but, you know, things had changed with Burns signing, and then it went to Kane, Couture, and Carlson. Uh, but this isn't like, I don't mean to cut you off, no, but this good. isn't like, a, this isn't a San Jose phenomenon, right? Like, a lot of guys are getting maxier deals. Like, it, 
it's easy right. to sit here and just look at it from like a shark's window and say, oh, well, yeah, Doug Wilson doesn't know what he's doing. But this is happening across the league. This is the way business is done in the NHL now. If you want to lock a guy up, he's going to want the term to go with it. And so, I mean, yeah, do, do I do I love the eight years term? I mean, considering how some of these other contracts have aged, I can see how people might be a little bit sour about that. But this isn't a strictly Doug Wilson phenomenon. No, and and that, and I think Ian, we could even be talking about a forward who could have been making more money on the open market. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Tomas Hurdle, uh, you know, dare I say it, could have been making nine five, maybe ten million dollars on on a particular team. Um, so, you know, as as far as value is concerned, you know, I think. Um, was it David Pagnetta had the the breakdown of his contract uh, versus you know market value and it was 10.5 million dollars was his you know quote unquote market value so he's coming in 2.5 million dollars underneath that and and I would say that that's a pretty conservative number too I mean um, I, I don't know I I just think that it's a good cap hit it's a good number um, you know to have that kind of a player be be fit in there um will it have some cap ramifications and implications yeah sure but you know what if this if anything this year has taught us that cap numbers can be manipulated you know there are Mm -hmm. there are ways to get out of everything and and so yeah you know it's it's going to be some immediate crunch i think financially in the next one to two years um but you're also going to get some cap relief here too and who's also to say that timo meyer you know like ian had brought out the other day on after dark um he doesn't need to take 10 million dollars at you know one year year. like that's that's what the sharks have to are obligated to give him, but they can give him a five-year deal at, you know, $35 million and he can take that, you know? So I don't want people to be super hyper-focused on, oh, you know, my God, there's going to be this $10 million check that we're going to have to stroke at the end of this year. It's, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work um, like that. Also, the other thing too is like, obviously with, we don't know what's going to be the ultimate end result of the Evander Kane um, money situation, right? If there's going to be a little bit of money or not a little bit of money, but but with Evander Kane's money off the cap, like really the Sharks are only spending what three two point yeah. two more million dollars than they were already spending on Hurdle. Like that's not a big deal. No, no, not at all. And, and that's the big question here: is is if the Sharks know uh, what the result will be of that Evander Kane contract termination will there be a penalty that's a big one that i think a lot of people are wondering because it a lot of people have tied it in to this hurdle extension uh as to yeah. whether or not you know we can afford him uh you have you know you have a number of players that you also need to to resign right now going into the off season coming up yeah you have hurdle that might be off the books but you also have like you know, you have Cogliano, who's been a trade target. You know, I see you, Chester Chivo, announced the Barabanov extension. Um, you know, there, there's that as well. I mean, um, it, not the least of which, you know, Mario Ferraro is is a big one. You know, if Jake Middleton around as well. You know, uh, Milosh and Magna, uh, among others. You know, you also have to figure out Jonathan Dolan. Uh, where do you guys think this fits in? I mean, this is like you said, there's not a whole lot 
difference between a, a, a Evander Kane deal that was about midway through its tenure uh, versus what Hurdle is on the verge of signing. But but you got to remember though it's like like Hurdle already counted towards the cap at almost like at what five point six two five million right? Correct. So it's not it's not like this is like oh my god this eight million dollars it just that ate all that money it it eats a tiny little bit of it. Like yeah, anybody... I think it's net. Yeah, I think the net impact is like you had said two point two million dollars once the Kane money comes off. And right. look, I, I and I'm still of the opinion with the whole Kane saga that he wasn't terminated because of traveling on the COVID. It was terminated because he was late coming back. So I I, I think that the the whole contract negotiation termination thing, I, you know, I think the Sharks are terminating him on different grounds than what a lot of people think that they're trying to terminate him on. So I think that they're on more solid footing than than we like to to think in the Twitter sphere. But that being said, um, look, most of the important guys that you have are either locked up. There there are not going to be, you know, a superstar impending free agent or whatever. Everybody else's RFAs or low money deals. It, it's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. The thing that I worry about is how this – move would impact future depth or future depth signing right i mean yeah it's 2.2 million dollars um what, what kind of depth forward can that get you but i'm also i've also circled this team as at least being one to two impact legitimate players away from from getting back into contention status so you've got to fit you got to think you got to fit two more impact players underneath the cap like that if you're really serious about going back and being competitive again. I don't know about your take, Ian, but that's where I still think we're too impact forward short. Yeah, I mean, that's the big question, right? And I think that's probably where this conversation is going next it is is what's next, right? Like, what is what is the plan going forward? This to me says that this this if you're resigning hurdle at this money, this term, you're not rebuilding. Mm hmm. Right. Like, so the obviously the plan here is to get back into contention as quickly as possible. What's going to be interesting is what comes next. Yeah. And and we said that before, too, like even before the before the, the with like hurdle would give us an idea of what this team's plan was going forward. And obviously the next move is going to be really the big one. Are we going to move some money off the blue line? How are we going to do that? Because at some point, you know, and this ter- this team, like, I think as good as James Reimer has been for this team, is James Reimer your long-term answer for for contention? Or Aiden Hill, for that matter. Or Aiden Hill, for that matter. I mean, James Reimer, I think, would be the more guy who I would consider because I think he's been the better of the two goalies going forward. But is that, you know, is... But James Reimer's got a lot of... There's a lot of mileage... Uh, on on a James Reimer at this point in his career, right? And we've seen him go down with little bumps and bruises through the season. Um, and same with Aiden Hill, who has, I think, had some really good stretches, but he's had some really bad stretches of hockey too. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's there's a lot of big question marks going forward on, okay, so the plan is obviously to compete. How do we get back there? It, and it, how do you do that without... I mean, you look at a lot of the teams that are on the come up now, like L.A. saw the writing on the wall. They rebuilt. Yep. The Ducks, same thing, right? It's like that's that's going to be the tricky part is now that we've, you know, 
we're not going to re- this is not going to be rebuilt right like obviously they're going to more reset or whatever right like obviously they're going to get a decent draft pick again this year but obviously next year the goal is to be back in the playoffs i don't know how you do that with this roster is currently constructed no there has to be major changes and i think they expect the likes of william eckland and you can talk about the number of guys in college and in juniors right now uh whether it's Bordalo or Robbins or Weisblatt or Gushin or Co. that are going to make this team up next year. They're definitely, I think, making up the team for the Barracuda next year for their shiny new arena. Um, but yeah, the, you have your core in there. The question, you know, and I see it in the chat too, is, you know, first off from Crispy Churro, which by the mm-hmm. way, good to see you. Long time, long time listener, uh, long time. An OG. A very OG. Yeah, OG. Eklund and Bordalo coming next year. I mean, you kind of have to expect the, those guys to come in and, and are they going to be ready to roll? I mean, we've seen it, you know, a number of times. Oh, Ecky, where... I mean, I think Eklund's going to get every chance to, to stick next year. Yeah. For sure. I mean, because he almost stuck this year. Yeah. I mean, it was he was damn close to staying. And and I think that, you know, one more year in the SHL is going to going to help him that much more. And then he'll come back and it'll be like an Elias Pedersen situation. Right. You know, he won't play. He won't. You know, he didn't play that much in Utica. So, you know, it's not like he's going to play that much for the Barracuda, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think. Again, um, you, I'm just looking through right now, cap friendly guys, and and I think what I like to see on here is where is you know Ryan Merkley gonna fit on this team? You know, like he seems like he's ready now, mm-hmm. and he needs to push out you know a defenseman, and you know you got the three big boys at the top sitting at the top, and then you've got you know basically three question marks you know at the bottom. Um, where do you guys see Ryan Merkley being on this team and and him trying to be an impact player as well? Well, that's where I say, right? Like, obviously, I think when he's been up um, and Bob Bugner hasn't put the tightest possible leash on him, I think he's acclimated himself pretty good to the pro game. But the question is now is, you know, are we going to do anything else to the blue line other than just bringing Ryan Merkley up? Because I feel like if, as you know, as silly as this is going to sound, but this is, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Bob Wugner is still coaching this team next year at this point. <laughs> I haven't gotten any, I, I haven't been given anything from the Sharks to think that's not going to be the case. Right. So is Brian Merkley going to make a team that, you know, does this team still have a Brent Burns and Eric Carlson? And are they going to get a Ryan Merkley at the same time? My, you know, based on Bob Wugner's coaching that we've seen this year, I don't foresee that being a thing. So, and again, you know, then that, and I think that's the one thing where I kind of get worried about this team too, is like, what if they don't, what if they try to reinforce, like if they see all these guys as the core, I don't know how you'd still see Vlasic as core at this point, but (laughs) humor me for a minute. (laughs) Like if they still see that, like my concern with a move like this is like, are they going to move a guy? like Ryan Merkley to try and grab a guy to that'll fit into whatever Bob Bugner is trying to do. Yeah, that 
um, I, I think is is totally valid, Ian, because I think, you know, with the signing of Hurdle, it's definitely a win now signing. And with the pieces that we've amassed, we're kind of at the very I mean, if, if you want to even call it the very beginnings of a rebuild, the very beginnings of of trying to recapture pieces and into, you know, reinvest in the farm system and stuff. So it's it's a very um delicate time i think you know and I, I i look at a player like jake middleton as as probably being a deadline victim um you know that i also keep circling back to like okay what are we going to get out of nikolai kanijov when we get mm-hmm. him back um you know we've also got you know radim shimmick still on the sidelines um and then mario so i mean the, to me there's there's a glut of of defensemen i mean jacob megna nikolai Malosh. You know, in, in Middleton, the, those guys have all shown that they can handle NHL minutes. Now, you know, the, that's kind of the double-edged sword of, of having the injuries. One, you get to showcase what else you have in the system and get to see what else you have in the system. But two, creates the problem with the logjam. So there's there's got to be at least some kind of move to make some space on the on the blue line. But what that move is going to be is, is going to be very interesting. And I think it's going to dictate um, what we see next from the team. Yeah, and, I mean, look at that. This team's gonna have to do something on the contract side if if Timo Meyer is long for this world. Someone, something has to happen. One of these big money deals that is not living up to it is going to have to move by some way, shape, or form. Yeah, they're they're currently looking at classic, but I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're currently at twenty four million dollars with cap space going into next year. Um, you know, I, I would have to think that there's got to be a corresponding move, guys. Or, I mean, is there is there even a, the the thought of hurdles done? I'm going to sign this deal. Now you can trade me to whoever can get it. So that way he has his eight-year deal. Sign and trades are not a thing in the NHL. Like, I know everyone's going to be like, but Setaguchi! But, like, yeah, and that was how long ago? <laughs> like, sign-in trades are just not a thing in the NHL. It would be a more entertaining league if they were, but they're not. They're really not. Plus, like, plus, Setaguchi's you know, the one thing where people come up with, and the oh, Setaguchi, sign-in trades are definitely a thing, because Setaguchi, what, when was, what year was that? That was 2011. Yeah, yeah. There and the you next go. day he was traded for Brent Burns. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I mean, I mean like, the other thing we got to realize too is what other team has eight million dollars outright cap space unless the Sharks are taking on another contract back. But I don't see that happening. So it I just, seems like a really weird, yeah. Like uh, there's it's no too big of a contract to move to sign and move like that. To sign and move like that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't think I think that that's off the table. I think he's going to be here for the long run, and now we got to see what the Sharks are going to put around him. Yeah, I mean, and look at, I, you know, I've, I, I picked, I've picked on Vlasic a lot this show, but I think the chat has it, has hit it right on the head. If you're looking at a guy to move a big money contract out, it's probably Brent Burns because I've, yeah. you know, and again, this is something I've said on many a show as well. You know, I think teams would, if, if, a, if a guy like Brent Burns became available, I know some Sharks fans are really sour on Burns a little bit, but NHL GMs would trip over themselves to acquire a Brent Burns. Oh even, my God! Even like at the Rangers, even like the Rangers his, would want to. Well, I don't even think you'd have to eat a ton of cap to do it either. Like I think there are teams out there that would trip over themselves to take Brent Burns, even at full value. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in agreement there. I I mean, you look at, I mean, every team is is on the on the lookout for an offensive 
um, puck moving defenseman, you know, somebody who has Stanley Cup experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who uh, has won Norris trophies and can can guide kids, can lead a locker room, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. add a add a character face. I Not mean, even that, but but every team like the and the one thing with Brent like, oh, but, you know, whatever, everyone, everyone, every GM is going to think, oh, I've got a guy that'll that'll cover for Brent Burns' defensive deficiencies. I've got the guy. Do you, do you think uh, Middleton's good is gone as we get as we get closer to the deadline? I mean, the asking price is pretty nice, but I I mean, here's the thing. Like, I've really liked what what Jake Middleton's done this year, but I don't like. It's not like Jake Middleton's gonna walk into some monster contract next year. Sell high, sell high. Yeah, sell I mean, high. if you if you can if you can move like Jake, if you can get like what like we said the other night on the show, right? Like it was. Probably last night, wasn't it? I don't. I have no concept I want, of time anymore. I don't. Neither do I. I mean, I think. I think the rumor us, is the, I, we're the on three hours is, of sleep. <laughs> Ian. The, like the fourth or fifth best prospect in an organization plus a second is the asking price for Middleton. Yeah, and if you can get that, I mean, all the power can you take that. <laughs> so day. high, so high. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're 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 setting up for if you if you weren't with us yesterday during our both of our shows you know Pierre Lebrun reported that that the Sharks asking price for Jake Middleton is uh, a second rounder plus a, another pick or a prospect um yeah you take it every time like you you take that every time for Jake Middleton like, like that would be I I think I said like again last night I said it would be like some Barkley Gaudreau larceny <laughs> <laughs> uh so if you're just joining us uh we are hearing hey, there's multiple. a good there's a good question out, out in the chat, Eric, um, that maybe we should we should go over once you're done with the update. Yeah, let me just reset here, Landy, uh, as we approach the three o'clock hour. Uh, Tomas Hurdle is reportedly on the verge of re-signing with the San Jose Sharks uh, from multiple sources. It is eight years, eight million AAV. Uh, we don't know if there is any trade clause i would have to think that there's some sort of move there but i'm wondering if they will have some flexibility we'll find out hopefully in the very near future curtis pashelka said that the sharks will have something to say uh sometime this afternoon uh on that but uh landy go ahead and bring up who uh uh, yeah, question. no, I think Chris. Yeah, Chris Bichuro brought up. What did you think the Sharks said to convince Hurdle to stay? I thought that was kind of an interesting question. What What do you think the sell job was from the organization to Hurdle? I mean, there's a lot worse places you could play hockey than Northern California, right? <laughs> I mean, no, but I mean, they must have given him some kind of like insight as to roster construction or what they hope the roster is going to pan know, they, out. I think they told him, like, obviously they're committed to whether they, you know, I don't know if they went into details, but obviously I think they're Doug Wilson or, you know, Joe Will through by proxy of Doug Wilson said, look at like, we're looking to compete. We're doing things to try and compete. And maybe, I, I mean, if you looked at this team this year and you're like, and you're like, oh, well, this team would be a playoff team if not for COVID injuries, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, all the power to you, but I mean, that's just delusional thinking. Yeah. I mean, with Eric Carlson, maybe not, but <laughs> no, well, maybe, I mean, maybe, but I mean, the, the closest they were to the playoffs before Eric Carlson went down because a bunch of teams had 10 games and they had like 10 games in hand on, on the Sharks, right? Well, 
exactly right. Like, and I and I I mean I, I think if, I think if we wanna... went through the season, every all things being equal, the Sharks would probably be sitting in the standings where they are now the whole time. <laughs> Sleepy Mofo saying, uh, in the response to J- Crispy Churro's question, Eklund on your line, Tomash. yeah right Uh, i I mean look at i mean look at it like obviously it's it's a nice place to live i mean he has a young family so you know staying like it's it's easier to keep doing the same thing than go to a totally new market and try different you know what i mean like young family like he you obviously he wants that stability and who doesn't right and eight years gives him that stability Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have to consider, too, he's still an athlete, right? I mean, still Mm -hmm. a guy that wants to win. And and I think, you know, he had even said so much as being in a competitive place is, you know, also important to him. So I I just I is curious to be love to be a fly on the wall and hear, you know, if they had given him any kind of insight as as to the direction that they're going. If it really is. You know, next year they're penciling in. Ecky as as like either the second you know second line winger or third line center, you know how that um, you know depth is going to play out. Um, if you do move one of the big defensemen, um, dear God, now you're putting you know the fate of the whole offensive blue line structure in Eric Carlson's fragile hands, right? Like, well, I mean that's but, scary. But then, but that'll but but that also brings opportunity, right? Like if you move Brent Burns out, then that puts that leaves a hole for Ryan Merkley to kind of get a chance to figure it out at the NHL level on a consistent basis. Uh, I'm just saying that we can't, we can't pencil in Eric Carlson for 82 games anymore. I I think that that part of his career is done. And I think we're, you know, we're going to be lucky to see him, you know, 65, 70 games a year. So I'll, I'll I'll, I'll agree. I'd I'd still take it as well. But all I'm just saying is, is that kind of have to factor that in now when you're talking about, who's going to be your blue line alpha, right? And so you're mm-hmm. going to have to be okay with not having Carlson for potentially 15 to 20 games. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you want to think for the best. I mean, look at the Eric Carlson deal's done, right? The the ink is so beyond dry at this oh, yeah. point. Like, that's, this, is, this is the bed the Sharks have made for themselves. And I'm, again, if you watch this season, like, they are a considerably better team with Eric Carlson on the ice than not. So, I mean, you know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, optimistically you say, okay, yeah, we're good. You you know, might miss him for 15 games or 20 games. Right. But even still, like, you're still going to be, while you have him in the lineup, like you're going to be a, a considerably better team. Yeah. Um, Matt Dynan and, and I think also Dana Meyerson also had a similar question right now. Uh, what does this mean about Timo? We, we don't have enough t- to re-sign him what other options do we have out there uh in regards to getting timo done or are there other options uh in the pipeline for timo meyer i mean we did cover this a little bit earlier but yeah i mean ian ian can go over it real quick uh, basically you know that 10 million dollars that we're all yeah. worrying about the qualifying offer that's just that is what the sharks are obligated to give him if they don't give him a contract other than that but 
they're going to give him something else and he's not going to cost a million dollars a year. If, if Timo Meyer, here's the thing with Timo Meyer, right? Like, like, again, I think he's another guy, like he obviously doesn't have a young family or anything, but I, you, you can take $10 million next year or you can have maybe eight and a half over X number of years, right? Like what is worth more to at that point? one year at 10 million dollars and then maybe poison the well and then maybe you have a bad season and then you get paid like six right like or you can make eight for six or eight or whatever assume eight just because it's doug wilson but like again all he has to do is ask his best friend kevin lebank how you know how he got his contract done you know right (laughs) i think other like so the situation with Timo Meyer is like, obviously look at other moves are going to happen here. Yes. Right now, if everything stays the same, like that Timo Meyer next Timo Meyer contract is going to be tricky, but I can't imagine things are going to stay the same. Like someone, something has to give here. They can't like, I don't think, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't think the sharks are just going to continue handing out contracts with, and, and then hoping that they can just, shove in a bunch of other guys making 700k to fill out a lineup like i just if 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 that happens then obviously the sharks had bigger problems i i think there's going to be other moves before timo meyer really comes into play and i'm not i'm not concerned about it. like i'm really not worried about timo they'll figure it out we're, and as we figure this out and we're waiting i keep checking my phone and I'm just waiting for um, you know, the official announcement. Yeah, waiting. I was like, "All right, come on, email. Come on, let let me get the release out or or hear from anybody because there's like none of the insiders are are saying anything at the moment right now on whether or not this is done. And the second it comes down, you guys let me know if you see anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- that's the concern is how is this team going to be built? Uh, not just years down the road, but I think next year, uh, you know, mm-hmm. looking at Bonino, who has two, who's going to have a, another year on his deal. You have Cogliano, who is a UFA, uh, who could be, you know, a guy that can help teams out or or solidify the, the locker room. I think he, I think his, um, I, I think it, it it was more so on. Uh, you know, uh, in the locker room as opposed to on the ice. And yes, he can help you PK and everything. All right. Uh, we'll hold that off for a second. We now have official word from David Pagnotta, the fourth period. It is a done deal. Uh, the Sharks and Tomas Hurdle have finalized their eight-year extension, as we reported earlier. Eight million AAV neighborhood. I expect a formal announcement from the Sharks later today. So... It is now officially done. Hurdle is staying. Um, Be right back. I kill my dog. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's not scary at all. But Landy, uh, now it's done. Uh, the the trade pieces, you know, us salivating over whether or not Hurdle, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, is. Uh, gonna get moved salivating i was i was biting my nails you're, you're, you're you were looking at like okay we could get a first rounder and others for him um i mean your thoughts now that it, now it's now it's done yeah um look you never get in trouble for 
for paying your best players, right? I mean, yeah, you can you can drastically overpay your best players, and I think you know that there are we can have debates about people on this team who are being paid whatever. But that being said, you just look at the production value that you get from the forward, where he's slotted, the amount of minutes he plays. It's a good contract. It's a good contract. Um, you know, he's 28 years old. He's going to be 36 by the time it's done. It's a little old, but you know, there's a, there's a guy over in Dallas who's, you know, bucking that trend too. So this is a new generation of players, um, that have taken care of themselves a lot better than, than previous generations. So 36 is not what it once was, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, that being said, um, Again, I, I don't think you get in trouble for paying your best players. Now, what's going to be interesting is how is the rest of the team going to get backfilled? What's going to happen with uh, a player like Alexander Barbanov? Um, you know, what's going to happen with some of the younger players that need spots on this team who, um, you know, who've got players who are not performing up to contract or not performing up to, uh, you know, what the organization expects of them. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how the organization, um, ranks the talent that it's got currently, uh, what it sees in its future depth wise and, uh, what other pieces it can add to, uh, get it back into contention. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing is where, what's going to be shaped around him. And, and like we said, we've talked about the number of guys that are going to be coming in the influx. I think there, you know, there has been talk about defensively and we've talked about Burns and maybe Vlasic. Uh, I The organization believes they have the defensive pieces ready to go. Um, I mean, Reimer and Hill are, I, I don't want to say the future, but they're, they're stop gaps. Yeah, they're 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 stop gaps. You know, while you hope for anything to to come up now, um, you know, I I think now that that this is done, um, you can kind of take a look back and now and maybe do the deep dive in as to po- to see what can you do, what's here, could we move something now before Monday at noon. Yeah, I mean, never, never say never. I mean, look at the shark. This is still a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Like resigning hurdle doesn't doesn't change this team's fate this season, right? So I think that, yeah, I mean, if you can get a deal done for, like, I still think that this team should sell. Um, if this team has opportunities to sell, it should sell at this point. Um, so you know, if somebody calls on a guy that you don't think is going to be in the long term plans. Uh, then yeah, if you can get you know if you can get picks for some of these guys, great. Um, but it, it it's I think now that you've re-signed Hurdle, it does make it a little trickier of what you move at this point, right? Like again, you have James Reimer under contract on a pretty decent contract for next year. I'm not rushing out to move James Reimer at this point. For what? For for a tiny gain, and then you hope Aiden Hill can can be. The good Aiden Hill? Be a healthy Aiden Hill more than anything. And a healthy Aiden Hill, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't think that's like you you can't just you can't just sell everything, obviously, going forward. I think that's the point I'm trying to make, is you can't just you're not going to, you know, the, the chat saying, and obviously we've heard this as well, like the sharks are gonna probably move to um Barabanov next. So you're not going to move 
you know, if you're not going to move a guy like Barabanov, you're not going to move a guy like James Reimer. And in my opinion, you don't anyway. I think the Sharks would be incredibly foolish to to trade James Reimer for anything at this point, given that we've just re-signed Hurdle for eight years. Um, unless if they, you know, unless if they sold Hurdle on the fact that next year is still going to be, you know, a step back to move st- to move a step forward, then maybe you do. But to me, based on what we're seeing, this team thinks they're going to be competitive next year. So I want to see what moves they're going to make in order to to move back into contention. And look, I mean, the Pacific Division is kind of a gong show, right? <laughs> like, it's it's kind of a mess. Like, the yeah. teams that we thought were going to run away with the division are scrapping for playoff spots right now. In Edmonton and in Vegas, you know, Calgary's resurging. Um, the the Kings are on their way up, but they're still, you know, they're not there, but they're definitely like they're on the upswing now. The Ducks, I so think, is Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, I think Anaheim's on the upswing, not not on the not on the same trajectory as the Kings, perhaps. Vancouver's Vancouver. Who knows what the hell they're gonna do? That team's just oh my god weird, yeah. right? So it's like, <laughs> is it? You know, is is there moves that the Sharks could make? Now, now again, is am I saying they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders? No, but in a in this division, you could make a few moves and get yourself at least back into the playoffs. And, and now, are they going to win the Stanley Cup when they get there? Probably not. But I can I can see a path back to the playoffs. It's it's not it's not like super well lit and really wide, but I I can see it. And maybe that's the case uh, as to sorry, Landy. I mean, that's the case that oh, no, no. that uh, they think they are one or two pieces away because the Pacific Division is as wacky as it is uh, to <laughs> to just jump right back in it. Uh, but yeah, you you've seen how LA has has gotten a boost. We've seen what Anaheim is capable of. I mean, we've seen Vancouver as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Go ahead, Landy. I, I cut you off there. Oh no no no! I was just I was just gonna kind of go into looking at some of the pieces that you know I would target to trade here from the Sharks roster and and you know Cogliano I think we yeah. we all kind of touched on Middleton I think is a guy that we're you know kind of all looking at if you can you know if you can um, sell high on that on him. Um, I'm looking. I on retained salary. Shimmick on retained salary, yeah, that that wouldn't be a bad move. Um, you also have um, Dzingel, right? He's still in the in the minors, so you could potentially move him. Although he cleared waivers, so you know. <laughs> but that's never, like... no, never underestimated GM's ability to pay for something that he could have had for free. <laughs> oh, that that is true. That I, is true. I'm just surprised as to how quickly his value is gone. I mean, what three years ago he was traded to Columbus for what a second rounder. Uh, among other things, and and now he's gone through waiver the waiver process what two three times this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just but look at his point production though. I mean, that's that's the thing is, is he fell off a cliff after the twenty season. So, I mean, it. Yeah, I I I agree. It's kind of a a very big fall from grace, but it's also, you know, considering what he's output, it's it it is. Um, commiserate you know to how he has been playing i think the thing is like when he did so well in ottawa right but like when he was in ottawa i mean he he was 
by designation, basically one of the guys they leaned on the most. Right. So I just, I just wondered, like sometimes guys like just excel in that environment. And then when they have to come in and they're, you know, obviously there's better players, right. And they, they're more of a complimentary piece. They just don't seem to, you know, with the pressure not on as as much as it would be in like in a situation like Ottawa or maybe there's no pressure because you're in a situation like Ottawa (laughs) and then you you sign a big contract and you're on a team where you know you're expected to contribute but you're not the guy and there's maybe you know I think it's it's harder to play under that kind of pressure you know I the only thing that in in getting back into to to hurdle and kind of where the organization and stuff is I mean I think our our worst nightmare is is that this becomes you know, Minnesota from four or five years ago, right? Where they just languish in the mushy middle. And yeah, from what we saw this season, I mean, there is a lot of concern there that, that you, this is you know kind of where this is going. You know what contract I immediately thought of when this was, when this was talked about and it, it, they're not the same player and they're, it's not like, I don't want to Zach Parise. No, just an applicator. Oh, good. no, no, huh. the, I, I am not trying to compare Tomas Hurdle to Justin Abdicator. What I'm more, the more, what I was looking at it more from where the teams were when those contracts were signed. Right. Right. And I just, I, and obviously like Ken Holland thought he had a plan too. <laughs> and that didn't work out because they <laughs> never made the playoffs since. And I just, I wonder if. And again, I'm not like I'm not trying to compare players. I know some people are like, oh my god, this guy's such an asshole. He's trying to compare Tomas Hurdle to Justin Ablicator. What the hell's the matter? I'm not comparing the players. I'm just comparing the significance of the contract signings when they were signed. And I just I wonder if this is going to be fan favorites. Fan favorites. Justin Ablicator. <laughs> and Logan Teal saying, you know, Ablicator was carried by Datsuk. Right, and, and like again, I'm yeah. not comparing the players like i'm just comparing like the way the 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 contract when it was signed and then the immediate like the way the team continued to trend down after dude abdicate applicator just carried datsuk's gatorade bottle right that's all (laughs) he carried (laughs) (laughs) um uh grand is kind of putting it plain and simple do we like this deal or no or is it too early to tell because we just don't know um what else is in there in a vacuum for the player i like the deal in the vacuum of the sharks organization i it's a wait and see to see what else they're gonna put around the player and i think that that's kind of why this isn't like super exciting for us you know it's 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 kind of another step into the murkiness you know what i mean this is a just another if on the one hand it's one more step away from the rebuild camp um and on the other hand it's uh it's a signal that the team wants to continue to be competitive now that plan to be competitive in the last three years hasn't really panned out you know just look at the look at the records of the last three seasons so in a vacuum if i'm just looking at the player and i'm looking at for what he brings value wise i'm happy if I'm looking at it as a fan and him being my favorite player of the team, I'm happy. If I'm looking at long, you know, longevity for the organization and where this puts the organization, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty similar here. I Like, if you look at the player and you look at the money and you look at the term, it's fair. Like, it's a fair deal. 
especially when you compare, like, contrast with other contracts on this team. Dare I say value? Yeah, I, I think it's... A little it's, bit of value. I think there's a little bit of value there. I think it's like I think it's a fair deal. I think that Tomas Hurdle could have easily, easily gotten this or even more on the open market. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, um, I like the player. Like, and again, and I've said this a hundred times too, right? Like, as a fan, like Tomas Hurdle's not a guy I want to see get marched out of town. Right. But unfortunately, you know, it's a business, right? Obviously, we don't have to worry about that now. He's staying, you know, but Landy, Landy put it right, like hit it right on the head. The, the question is now is what are the what are the follow up moves? What are the moves that are going to be made to make sure that this team returns to contention? Or are we going to look back at this deal in four years and, you know, and and is this going to be the point where we look back and say, yeah, man, Doug Wilson really screwed us, and now it's going to take five more years to get out of this mess. And, and see, that's kind of where I'm concerned about it. I was like, I like the steal. I like the value of the numbers for him. Uh, he's had a really solid year. Granted, he got a, he he hit a schneid that, you know, that's the last sh- place you want to hit a schneid is coming in the middle of, you know, before and after the All-Star break where he had, like, one goal and in I think like 15 games and, and now I wouldn't rule out hand injury by the way I think he might be dealing with uh, something on his wrist because I remember him taking a, a wrist and he hadn't looked he had not looked the same since so I wouldn't be surprised if he's dealing with something and we all know about his knee injuries that he's had most recently two seasons ago where he sat up through. I know I think the knees are okay I, I think the knees just, are okay like I know I like but if you look at the number of games that Tomas Hurdle has played, like I'm not worried about his knees, man. Like he's he's played so many games. Like he hasn't yeah. missed a there's there's been like obviously there was the the thing with us where he missed a bunch of games and he missed a few games. Like but if you go through the seasons and go back and based on how many games were played in each season, like he's played a lot of games, man. I don't think that this is Mihan Mahalik 2.0 if that's no, what you're no, 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 no. No, no. No, I, I just know he had, of course, we had the injury from Dustin Brown. Fuck you, Dustin Brown. Uh, yep. You know, the one that happened during the cup final uh, and then two seasons Fuck ago. Fuck you, Patrick Hornquist. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, of course, the one in against Vancouver in 2020. We got to hear Teenage Mutant Inter Hurdle uh, for a uh, goal song one time and then he was done for the year. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and like a tiger saying, hopefully he is built like another Czech. I can talk today. Hopefully built like another Czech yager. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm not hey, worried Joe about Hey, Joe Newendike was able to skate without his ACL. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I think that the injury concerns on her are a little overblown. Okay. I, 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 I just, that's what I believe. Oh. And Joe Newendike was a hell of a player, I might add you. <laughs> I want to cut after Brian Marchman took his his knee out. Uh, so we're currently at uh, 54 people watching uh, 17 likes. Come on, 17 likes. Come on. Let's let's get it to 48 for Tomas Hurdle here as he resigns <laughs> for yeah, wishful thinking, I know. Uh, as he resigns with the San Jose Sharks at eight years, eight million AAV. Uh, that's being reported by David Pagnota of the fourth period. Um, hashtag confirmed. <laughs> hashtag confirmed. 
what I, I I think before we before we end though, like obviously there's no clauses been announced yet, but I'm not like I, I this is another thing I'm not really worried about. Like you're like, oh no, what if it's a no movement clause? I'm not worried about it, man. Like no move people on no moves and no trades get traded all the fucking time. Yep. Like it's I, I think it's over like yeah, there there is some situations where maybe it has come back to bite some teams. I remember a certain oh, era in Toronto where that was a big deal where guys just wouldn't wave. But I, I think if, I, I think if it comes down to it, like guys are going to go, the guys are going to want to go to a situation where if that's becomes very clear that there's no winning happening anytime soon, I think guys that, you know, that want to win are going to move on. Hell, even Edmonton's a destination now with Connor McJesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people are gonna get worried. Like, if I, I think some people are gonna blow their tops if it turns out to be like eight by eight, no movement clause. But man, no movement clauses get moved all the time. And there you go. I mean, it, it, whether it's modified no trade, or if it's a no trade, no move, uh, you know, re- fact of the matter is, this is a piece that the Sharks uh, have solidified their future. Can you know? Not to say they haven't built around Tomas Riddle, but now definitely he's one of those pieces that that uh, uh, they work around for the likes of, like as we said earlier, Bordalo, Robbins, yep. Weisblatt, Co., etc. Um, you know, and the Sharks believe that again they they are not rebuilding; they are are competing uh, for playoffs at the very least. I won't go cup contender because I don't think they've shown that they've shown, you know, moments here and there, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so, uh, Matt Dynan, one more time before we get out of here, I think guys, does hurdle or Ferraro become the eventual captain? I, I, considering this, this club's history of stripping seas. Um, I, I don't know about, uh, about, a a captaincy change. I don't know. I think, I think Couture, I don't like, I, there's a lot of talk about Couture's leadership and everything and I'm not in the room. Right. So I don't, I I don't know, but I think some of these things, like, I think it really wouldn't have mattered who was the captain going forward. Like I, you know, and I said this in discord and I've probably said this on the show a few times too. Like, I don't think, like the god of all leaders, Joe Pavelski is making this a playoff team as currently constructed. So I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think a lot of like, I think Couture took over the captaincy at a time when obviously the Sharks were the, the, the warts, like all the cracks were showing before we got to this point. Right. All the cracks were there. If, if you wanted to see them, we knew that the party was going to end. The check was coming due. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they kicked it was the can so many times. We did. They I didn't think the check was so going to be due as quickly as it came due, but this was coming. Oh yeah. And, like there was going to be a step back at some point. I think Couture just unfortunately got the C coinciding with the same time as the you know as the team took a step back. So and look at and that, it's going to happen. That's hockey, right? The guy who wears the C is the heavy. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. But I don't, I don't, I don't put a lot of this on Couture. I, I just sense it's a bit of finger pointing that oh you're the captain, the team didn't make the playoffs, it's your fault. 
that yeah, that's yeah, kind exactly. of the vibe I get. Fine. Like I said, heavy as the head that wears the crown. Right. I get it. But I just I don't think like I don't look at this team and I, I look at this team and I can I could name a lot more problems than before I get to Couture as captain. And I don't think you so you strip the C off Couture and you put on Hurl next year. If they don't make the right moves, what's what's changed? Nothing. A letter moved from one jersey to another. Right. I agree on on that. I I don't think a letter changes anything. I don't think it should be moved, um, at least in my mind. So, all right. Well, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Of course, hit that subscribe button. It does go a long way to help us out. Uh, of course, thank you to everybody who who jumped up on the on the like train there, got up to thirty. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Landy, I'll start with you. Your final thoughts on, on as as Hurdle gets uh, gets his money. Uh, like I said, it's a it's a player that um, we've all watched since you know he came up as a as a baby shark and you know, has been near and dear to our hearts for a long time. So it's good to see, um, you know, him, uh, you know, sign pen to paper uh, to stay with the Sharks for the long term. Um, it opens up a lot of questions uh, for me. Um, but again, um, I think I'm just happy that I can buy a 48 sweater and not have to worry in two or three years that, or heck, even you know, few months that it's going to, uh, you know, not be valid anymore or not, you know, it, it's not going to be where he's playing. So it's good to see him on the team. But again, um, for me, it does open a lot of other questions though, as to where this team is going. All right. He's at Eric Landy. Uh, Ian is at Ian blogs hockey. Your final thoughts, my friend. I think it's like I said, man, the, 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 the interesting days are ahead now because either, we're going to look ahead of this. Like we're going to look back at this signing in two years. Like this is, this is the turning point for this franchise and especially the turning point for Doug Wilson's reign as GM. Um, this is where he's either going to put it back together or he is going to set this franchise back a decade. And I'm fascinated to see which one it is. All right, my friend, thank you very much. I'm at puck guy 14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. I think there was a lot of pressure from Tomash uh, to get this deal done uh, within the last few weeks. We saw it with his Schneid. Um, it seemed as they were getting closer and closer, his play has gotten better. So I fully expect him to have another rooster trick uh, on Thursday night as the Sharks take on the LA Kings. Uh, that's when we will reconvene with you here on the YouTube channel on After Dark and the postgame show. Uh, Landy will be doing that one for sure. So uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, hit that notification bell. That will tell you when we go on the air when news like this happens. And to reiterate one more time, Tomas Hurdle is still a San Jose Shark for the next eight years. We'll have more on this as it develops. And until next time, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Thank you for watching.